Welcome to A Magical World with me, Sterling Moon. I am a lifelong advocate and activist, a mystic, a medium, and a folk magician. Join me as we explore the weird and wonderful ways we can make the world better and highlight the unconventional people who are making this world a more magical place to be. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dive in. It's been a while since I've been here with you all. Sorry to have gone absent for a bit. I got the COVID. Turns out COVID is no fun. I had it last year, last January, almost a year ago to be exact. And it was a little easier this time around. I'm happy to report I kept my sense of smell and taste. And I had it pretty easy, all things considering, but that is why I kind of disappeared on y'all for a while. But I'm back, and I am so excited for you all to hear the interview that I recorded earlier today. Um, but a few announcements before we jump into, uh, yeah, just a really, really conversation with a very special guest. So my first book, Talking to Spirits, A Modern Medium's Practical Advice for Spirit Communication, published by Llewellyn Books, is out into the world. As today is, I'm releasing this on February 2nd, and Talking to Spirits is officially able, you know, it's we're past the pre-order phase. It's showing up in bookstores. The, the pre-orders, for those of you who were wonderful enough to buy it ahead of time, they're all being shipped out. And I really hope that you enjoy it. It's all about, basically, I wrote the book that I wish I had had when I first started my journey with understanding mediumship and talking with spirits and kind of understanding my own gifts in those areas. And today's guest is especially appropriate, given that, because it's the person who really taught me a lot of what I, a lot of what I know. So I will say, please, if you are interested, buy my book or borrow it from a friend if, you know, or get it from your public library, ask your public library to have it, uh, have it in circulation. I would sure appreciate it. Um, you can buy it directly from Llewellyn. You can get it from bookshop.org and it's starting to pop up in your, you know, in, in, little local local shops. If you are local to Colorado or you like to order online, um, please you know order it through Ritual Craft, which is the, the shop that I started out as a house tarot reader years ago. And now it is where my private office is located. So yeah, I, I hope that you enjoy it and let me know. I'd love to love to hear how the lessons within it are, are serving you. But with no further ado, I want to jump into the conversation with one of my one of my teachers and someone that I am just very excited to to share with y'all. I hope you enjoy. Well, all right. So I am sitting here with someone very dear to me and somebody that I have told if you have taken any classes from me or you ever asked me about magic or mediumship, this is someone that I always give a lot of credit to because we, I am so happy to be chatting with one of my teachers, Johannes Bjorn Gardbach, who is, I'm gonna let him describe how he would define himself, but for me, I consider him that if you wanna learn about the Scandinavian folk magic tradition or the Swedish folk magic tradition of trolldom, like he's the guy. He wrote the book on it, which hopefully he'll talk about. And uh, yeah, I have more questions than you can imagine. And poor guy, I'm going to try to not let him like stay here for hours because I could talk to him for hours. But thank you for coming. Thank you for coming and chatting with me, Johannes. Thank you for having me. So I appreciate it. I described how I like, how would you describe yourself? Who are you and what do you do? And I, his eyes just got real big. <laughs> well, um, <clears throat> I know there's a popular American thing to to identify and you know, tell us who you are and all this kind of thing. So yeah. I'll, I'll give it a go. I'm a teacher. Uh, that's my profession. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> father of two kids, girls, uh, husband of one, owner of dogs and cats <laughs> and that sort of thing. But I do teach um, the traditional trolldom. Uh, full time, uh, 
uh, every single day of the week, <laughs> basically. And I guess that makes me, uh, my professional role is a teacher of, of uh, this art, basically. Um, but otherwise, I'm, uh, I'm uh, careful of, of making these definitions because they'll come bite you in the ass at some point. Right? <laughs> this is true. This is true. <clears throat> but what is so, trolling? If you look at it from the outside, Trodom is the folk magic practice of Scandinavia. Mm -hmm. And it also depends on when you're looking, because in the 1600s, Trodom was only the bad magic, mm -hmm. uh, fraternizing with the devil and hurting people. Um, but it's been an old word for this thing that we call magic for a long, 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 long time. That's from the outsider's perspective. Once you're in it, you'll realize that all these things, our cultural stories, our practices, is pointing towards something else. Um, pointing towards how we relate to nature in this area, our particular type of nature over time, and, and the needs that arise from uh, being with that nature. Mm -hmm. So certain spirits, that we have to start dealing with and finding a language to deal with, you know, um, and ways of, of uh, finding out more of what's in us. And when it comes out, we can do a lot of things that culture at some time maybe uh, covered up or said that, no, you don't have it. You've got to go look for it uh, in, in some religious deity and we own that religious deity, so pay us, please. <laughs> and all these kinds of things. So Trollum is kind of pointing towards that once you're in it. Uh, but from the outside, it is folk magic practice. It is also um, somewhat of a folk wisdom practice because uh, wisdom and, and magic goes hand in hand in the old culture. Uh, it is the same thing. If you have wisdom, you usually also have magical ability, one sort. And wisdom is like how to use the magic in a good way, <laughs> so it doesn't fuck you up totally. <laughs> if that's not, if that's what you want, then it can do that. But we usually don't. So that's what that's um, sort of a short perspective of what Trollum is. I, I love that you just said you need to be really careful of slapping labels on things because it'll bite you in the ass. And then I was like, let's put another label on it. Tell me what this, this almost indescribable, <laughs> indescribable simple thing is, but thank you for that. Cause yeah, us Westerners, we need, we need, we like to categorize and have boxes and things like that. So I want to set the stage for folks that, you know, I, I just, how I came to know you and that'll kind of lead with some of the questions. So I, Folks who are kind of familiar with my story and who've listened to some of the other episodes that I've done know that I, childbirth will change many of us. And for me, one of the ways that having my son changed me was all of a sudden I went from being kind of sensitive in some, you know, spiritual areas to all of a sudden really sensitive in the word world got very loud. And particularly I, you know, I have an affinity for connecting with spirits of the dead, spirits of the natural world. And I spent a lot of time farting around trying to figure this out on my own, getting getting up to some shenanigans, sometimes getting myself in trouble and having to go to, uh, to, to other teachers to help me get out of my shenanigans. And then our mutual friend, Missy Rising, owner of Ritual Craft, which I think she comes up or at least Ritual Craft comes up every episode. So I'll need to have her on at some point. She was sharing about her apprenticeship with you in Trolldom, particularly around spirits of the dead, spirit attachments. And I said, can you tell me more about that? And she says, I'll do you one better. I know that Johannes is taking on one more apprentice. And I was really lucky to that you were able to fit me into your busy schedule. And so that started in January, 2020, right before things got real weird globally. And so I spent a lot of time, I mean, every Wednesday morning, I will say, this is funny. I Every Wednesday morning, I would wake up at 4.30 so I could be ready and half awake for my 5 a.m. lesson, which for you is around the time your kids were getting home from school. And um, this morning, I was thinking before I went to bed last night, this is going to be the first time, I think, 
the Johannes has seen me fully awake. And I popped awake at 4.30 this morning. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And then my son woke up because he was a little scared because we had a power outage and his light, like his nightlight went out. And he crawls into bed with me. And the first thing he asks is, mommy, are ghosts real? I was like, oh, for crying out loud, this is going to, this is just setting the stage for the whole day. So I had to giggle. But I had the, the joy of being one of your apprentices for almost two years. And then... Johannes gently pushed me out of the nest when he saw I was ready. I don't deal well with endings, so I, I did cry. And I was like, you're firing me as your student? He's like, but no, I'm graduating you. What is wrong with you? <laughs> so that was then, though, how I went on to um, really focus on my way of mediumship and kind of, you know, taking everything that I had learned over two years and, and making it practical for somebody, a magical person living in Colorado. So one of the things that I'm wondering if you can talk about is how does the folk traditions that you work in and your, you know, how you work, how is the way that y'all focus on spirits of the dead and spirits of the natural world and even the spirits that might get categorized in other parts of the world as demonic, how is your take on it a little different than maybe what some other folks might think yeah. about it as? Well, it is, but people think that it's a, told them it's a tradition. Mm -hmm. Most people think about it from kind of an educated perspective, educated in a normal Western school system. Mm -hmm. So a tradition, it, it's, uh, it's like a school. It has a teacher. Students come there knowing nothing from the beginning. So the blank slate and teacher writes upon their nose a dogma that the teacher has learned from someone who in turn learned it and it's the dogma is like absolute rules you break the rules you fuck up bad things will happen and so on <laughs> and so forth uh, this is very far from what a folk tradition is a uh, folk tradition is uh, um, a way of of, of um, coming from. So, for example, once here you have the, the gift, I mean, I'm speaking folk terms, right? Once the gifts unfold and you become trollkunnig, then from there, it's, that's how you relate to the world. There is no dogma. Mm -hmm. There's no musts. There's only like a smurgos board of, of uh, opportunity. So if you learn something from nature or if you learn it from a bypasser or if you learn it from a black book, whatever it is, it does not really affect the, the troll cunningness of you, right? It's just an asset. So there is no really dogma to it. And this is, this is how I think mm, there's a big cultural difference here. Mm -hmm. The expect, because it goes back into someone's, I teach about trees and someone uh, uh, asks me back, well, well, could I cut the branch from the top or would I fuck something up of this tree here? And I'm like, well, you're missing the point here. <laughs> <laughs> you're missing the point. Uh, because we are trained into thinking that it is a dogma. There is certain rules and we're supposed to learn in a sequential order. And we forgot about the interacting with nature, interacting with coming from something much, much more simple than that. Um, so I think those are the, uh, maybe the greatest cultural differences. And although they might seem, uh, it took me a long time to understand this, you know, because we assume that we are both the Western culture <laughs> And we are pretty much the same. Yeah, but there's another layer to it that's called education. Right? Children mm -hmm. practitioners here could not read, could not write. There was no need for reading and writing in, in that society. The needs of that society was different and so on and so forth. So, so uh, it has to do with kind of casting off the educative system and listening more to what comes up from within me and letting that unfold 
basically, in order to be of, of uh, nitta, which is um, uh, the English word is, is uh, use or, or benefit to, to yourself and others and the world, your community. Right? Yeah. So that's it. So how was, I mean, how, was this just something like all of the, the, and again, these are things, it's just something that you're immersed in is what I hear you saying in a way that we've, you know, we just don't really maybe have over here stateside. And was, did you just grow up with all of this? This was just the way that you grew up or how did you, what was your, I mean, my path was very linear of learning little bits of this. What was your path like? Well, what was my path like? <laughs> It's so, it's uh, again with the label. So if we, I asked my, my grandmother once, because I was young and, and uh, <laughs> cocky. So I asked grandma, oh, do you do any trolldom? I got to find out if you do any trolldom, grandma, after having grown up with her for like 18 years. Mm -hmm. Stupid boy. <laughs> and she went like, trolldom? <laughs> like this, never, ever, you know. And I'm like, oh, that's a shame. That's sad. I can't mm -hmm. learn any trolldom from her. Then where, where can I learn it? You know, there are no books. Well, they were no much books that had trolldom on the label and did, 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 right? Mm -hmm. it, but it is everywhere. So with my grandma, for example, well, if we got sick, she took her cat skin, because that was, you, should, you know, and took it around our necks and, and, you know, we got well. And that was it. Right? Or she taught us to take some little strand of long strand of hair and tie it to the to wedding ring and do this a little ding ding kind of questioning and all these things. But as soon as you slapped on the label trolldom, she said, no, no, no. But everything contained within it that we hold within that label today was things that we, was, we grew up with it. It came out of the agricultural kind of uh, generation that moved into the city, World War II, and then transferred to us. So our grandmothers, basically, grandfathers. <laughs> and it is everywhere. In, in the superstitions, that's how the educated mind looks upon some things, of our everyday life, right? of our culture, the normal things that we just grow up with. Well, if you slap, remove the label superstition and look at what's actually being done and how this is organized, you see that there is this, there's something to learn, maybe, or something to be used. Um, so it is ingrained into, into, that, into culture in that way. There is no school. There is no dogma and so on and so forth. You meet someone who teaches you a little thing when you're sick. You meet someone who says, well, my grandma used to do this. Or in the mm -hmm. old days, this is what it was done. Because people don't speak about it in present terms. because social stigma, right? But this is what they used to do. And this is what my grandmother did. And so on and so forth. And you pick these things up. And if you have an inquisitive mind, you sort of, but yeah, but how does that relate to me? This, how does it work? Um, and it goes from there. The more you work it, the more you attract those types of assets to you, old people uh, that know a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and, and there you go. I was, I can't remember if this is one that was in your book. I know it was in the, the, the way that, the, what I'm remembering it from is um, a book that you recommended to me called Ways of the Wise, or Way of the Wise, is that what it's called? And, um, the Norwegian was, one, Stoker or something, right? Yes, yes. And I'll I'll find it and I'll plop it in the um in the show notes for because we all love a good book recommendation. We'll we'll put put in your book in there too, because even though these are casual, like you pick up the information, there actually is a school. There's your school. <laughs> there is some cataloging, your wonderful catalog, which is in your book. But you know, again, that's cool because it makes sure that these things can still live and be remembered. And that's that's awesome too. But anyway, this one was about how to cure a sore throat. You put peppered 
beef or like raw, raw peppered meat in a dirty sock and tie it around your neck. And I remember sharing this with somebody and they were so dismissive of it. Of that's, oh, just that's so silly. That's so dumb. And I was like, have you tried it? And then I shared it with some of my students. And, um, and it was a, a, a friend of mine who her family, they were all Irish immigrants and they worked in the coal mines and then later in Colorado in the gold mines. And that mm. was, that was a folk, um, that was a folk remedy that her family that she grew up with. And, you know, she's not much older than me. And so it's just, uh, and she's like, you know, I, I, it seems like there was some benefit to it. And so it is so easy to poo poo these things, but Hey, if it works, it works. And over here, you know, we have a lot of Latin folks. And if your granny is rubbing an egg on you and saying a, a certain rhyme and it helps or rubbing Vicks on every part of your body and saying a little <laughs> rhyme and it seems to help. Hey, if it works, it works. Exactly. So, the point is, the, uh, let me just let me just say, the point yes. is that the, the one who's doing it is trying to do something about this thing. They're making an effort. They're using themselves through these means. Yeah. And usually that works instead of leaving it into the hands of mm, medical companies or whatever it can be. So there's, there's like being a, a, a benefit. It's like it has, a, it has an effect regardless of if the technique is pure or, or uh, has a long history of lineage of educated, blah, 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 whatever it is. That's not the point of the folk tradition. The point of the folk tradition is your kid has a sore throat. You don't want to pump them full of antibiotics the first thing you do. So let's try a slab of meat and do this. Boom, boom, boom. Let's see what happens. Well, and also too, sometimes you don't have the money to go to the doctor. And that's where some of this stuff is, you know, comes out of make, improving your circumstances within your, within your existing means, which is also pretty awesome too. So how do, I'm just curious, because I get this question a lot of how do you, you know, especially now that I'm doing this, you know, since I have graduated from learning with you, I, I do this work full time and I'm often asked, how is it that you are received? And I said, well, it, you know, kind of depends on the person and really that says more about them than about me. I am curious though, is how is what you do received in your culture in Sweden? You're, he's smirking. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I'm in a little village, right? Mm -hmm. There's one school. Well, this used to be it, but there's a bigger one now over here. Everybody knows everybody. Uh, and I came in here through marriage, right? So I'm an outsider. Mm. Um, and you might assume that it used to be very religious here when it comes to Christianity and, uh, you know. <clears throat> so you might assume that, oh, they come to burn the witch or the witch doctor or whatever it is. It turns out that nobody cares. Nobody gives a flying fuck. That's what you do for a, a living. And if you can help me with my, with my, with a ghost that is making noise in my house and my kids can't sleep, oh, fantastic. But people don't make a big deal out of it. They don't categorize uh, in the same way. <laughs> so how am I received? I'm received most often as the, the father of Ida who goes into the school. <laughs> Yeah, the, the the husband of my my wife, whose gener whose family has been here in a billion generations, <laughs> and and then they start coming in because they're curious. Oh, they see all these folkish kind of things. They see all these things that their grandma and grandpa used to have at home on the wall, or they hear about practices that they they used to they recognize. So now they're coming in and they're curious and we talk about that and so on. So there's not a, because the lack, I suppose, of, of labeling and strict identities, this, if I'm so, then I cannot like this and whatever it is. Uh, I blend in. <laughs> I wish they were standing out here sometimes, at least, you know, creating some, but it turns out that you go to school and, and you pick up your kid and the kid, the other kid says, yeah, my grandma, my mama is also a witch. And can I come and see your office? 
and they come into my office and then you get thank you letters from the moms who's also wishes that they can get to see this. That's surprising, but that's how it, that's how it is. <laughs> I love that. I will say that most nine times out of 10, most people just kind of say, that's interesting. And then they just move right on. And that's, I, it, it's nice because I feel like it's uh, it's different than one would expect. And it's different than what I was expecting, you know, and it's, uh, yeah. I don't know. I like this whole era of like, I don't give a shit. You do you, I do me. And I should make abundantly clear, because I don't know if I said this right off the, the bat, you know, Johannes lives in Sweden, a little tiny town in, in Sweden. And so this is, uh, that's, I don't think I've made that really, really clear that you aren't somebody who's come, you know, you're not living, you're not living elsewhere. You're, you're in it, thick in it. The coast, the Swedish uh, West Coast. So I got Oslo about uh an hour's drive north and Gothenburg an hour's drive north and uh, that sort of thing. Smack in the woods so the ocean is 30 minutes from me so we're in the backwaters of, of Sweden. So. Oh, I gotta say it sounds I'm sure that there's times when it's cold and you know but it's gonna be cold anywhere but it looks pretty nice to me. I'm still I still can't believe I've been living in a in a city world for as long as I have. Yeah, it's, uh, nature here is enchanting, but you know there are some pretty dark fairy tales too, and they they kind of embody that as well. So it's not always fun and games here on the countryside, so to speak. Well, and I'm gonna go back to something about things not being fun and games because this is something that I have learned. You really opened my eyes to, and it's guided my approach with the way that. I, and again, I'm going to kind of bring back up the spirits, like working with spirits. And you were the first person to tell me, like, why in the world wouldn't you have a conversation with, with, with a spirit that is acting nasty? And because I'm coming from like more of a Western perspective of, you know, there's so much hubbub and horror movies and everything is, oh, goodness, you know, don't, don't be messing with that. And you were the first person to just tell me, why in the world wouldn't you start with a diplomatic conversation and an attitude of sit down and have a cup of tea and let's figure out if we can work this out. And you were also the first person to expose me that even the nastiest of spirits, which there are options if they escalate and they refuse to play nice, which we're not going to go into that here, go study with the man himself. If you want to, if you want to learn about such things, but that, that we can give spirits jobs and tasks and they can be things that benefit not only our home, but they can be to benefit of the community. Like if you have a spirit that wants to scare people, why don't you send them to an area where maybe there's people who aren't acting nicely and they're breaking into houses, breaking into cars, go give them someone to scare to maybe convince them to act right. Hmm. And I'm just curious, is that just another thing that that's just kind of the attitude and like the attitude you were immersed in, or was that something that you had to come to your own um, approach? Because that was a really big deal for me when I was learning with you. I guess it's both, because on the one side you have, I'm, my family comes from working class, right? And before them, there were all peasants and, and, and that sort of thing. So, and a peasant is always kind of busy. We don't have, the belly is not always full. So we got to work for that. So we don't have maybe time to sit down and uh, read a thousand books for 15 years <laughs> and that sort of thing, so that we know how to deal with something in the supernatural, right? Yeah. Whatever that is, another idea that they gave us. Exactly. So if something comes up, it bothers us, and we kind of react the same way we would to another person if it had a body. And it comes down to being that simple. And usually, this is this is um, this is um, the, the bottom line. You don't make a difference between a spirit and yourself. You are a spirit, you know. Turns out, <laughs> not the only incorporated spirit either. So there's lots of trees, for example. They're also alive. So, <laughs> but interacting in the way that we have been trained to interact the way that we have been trained also by nature. For example, what happens if we start killing each other? Is that nice? No, in the end, it turned out not to be nice. So nature taught us that. So what if we start talking or develop some kind of language so we can understand each other? Much better now, we have better options. And, <laughs> and that's basically it. So 
the ideas we have coming from the outside, never having, as far as we know, encountered a, a spook from the supernatural, <laughs> whilst we, in actuality, spend time with spirits a lot. Everyone has spirits around, but we can't sort it into this book that they give us with labels and shit. Um, and you come to a point where you realize that there's, if you go to training, you go read books and they give you some quasi religious kind of ritual because that's how we deal with the supernatural in religious uh -huh. and there you are with the ghost that is in your house making a mess you approach it in some kind of ritualistic way and you feel like an idiot the whole thing scares you to death <laughs> right and if you don't wake up right there and realize there is something strange with this situation if this was a person who have come into my house in the middle of the night and stood here and went boo what would i have done i would have taken this fucking screw screwdriver and went like this <laughs> why am i not doing that to this spirit that i can perceive there's something here and i try the same approach no says the story it's all supernatural i can't really they have no body, and, and, but there's a split second there when you kind of clear. Yeah. And maybe you, you're fed up with your story, so you just fuck off, or you do something else, boom, fucks off. Mm -hmm. Or at least it responds. Now it's 10 times the more nastier. Oh, we can communicate, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that split second of clarity is, is, is what guided me the most. There, this is not right there's something odd going on and when i am when i am tired enough or uh, in my youth drunk or something else there is another way of relating to these things that works better yeah maybe we should learn from that and try that approach and it turns out that it works for for i i don't know the little child goes to the biggest fucking demons of whatever thing mm -hmm. see every spirit is interested in in something new usually they're interested in 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 getting little gifts and being surprised all these things they might not want to do the same thing all the time right and lo and behold <laughs> the rules that that we work within so if you give me a gift i'm i'm glad thank you i appreciate that well here you give a gift when you come to a party <clears throat> and the host welcomes you even more. Well, how about giving something to a spirit? And it turns out that what was really angry now is really happy and says, welcome. Right? But coming to that is going into a more, an approach that is more you in line with nature and yeah. the ground. And, your full senses, instead of being engaged in all kinds of strange stories that you heard about. Mm -hmm. More real, if you want. More here. I kind of look, these days I kind of look at it as like, I'm a, I'm a pretty friendly person and I like making friends. And it turns out it's fun to have friends in all different kinds of places. That's another thing that can also benefit you. But I appreciate you sharing that because it's definitely something where I will sometimes have people like, where did you come up with that idea? That's not what I've been told. I'm like, well, you know, don't knock it till you try it, my friends. And it's also too, you're the one that taught me sometimes someone that is pretending big to be big and nasty. If you take time to get to know them a little bit, sometimes there's something under the surface, just like mm -hmm. with people. Mm -hmm. But well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that one. Oh, and there's, there was one other question I wanted to ask that, yeah, it just went right, poof, right out of my head, right out let of me my just, head. Let me just add uh, one thing. The worst story yeah. of all is thinking about the supernatural, right? Mm. And the second something comes into your house and it doesn't have a body, you jump straight into the story of the supernatural. That's the worst thing you can do. Because in that story, you have nothing to come with. You're a blank slate, right? Unless you're trained in a school with a dogma. <laughs> so this idea of the supernatural is, can we say bullshit? Let's right? do it. 
Yeah. Because it is bullshit. There is nothing. <laughs> what could be outside of nature? Nothing can be outside of yeah. nature. What is outside the ecosystem if we talk about animals yeah. or anything else? Nothing is outside the ecosystem. So it's all natural. And if you look at all these spiritual teachings of various sorts, you poke them long enough, what do you discover? All these teachings comes from observing nature. That's where it comes from. So, uh, I don't know, observing childbirth, birth, observing how river runs, observing how a certain tree behaves, everything that we can make a story out of goes back to the roots in observing nature. That's why people go like, what, you have that in your tradition as well? Yes, of course. My ancestors looked at nature, your ancestors looked at nature. We're here on the same planet, right? <clears throat> so so drop, drop, drop the idea of the supernaturally. It don't, will only scare the shit out of you and it's completely bogus. And go about it as if there was a living person there that you could actually communicate with. And you might discover that you can. <laughs> I love it. And get out in nature. Nature is literally just outside your house. Even if you live in a city, turns out. Actually, your house is in nature. <laughs> yeah, it turns out. I was all of a sudden, I'm thinking of the, the stuff yeah. that happens in my basement that is like, I'm pretty sure rooted in the soil that is beneath what my house is built on. And that is... Yeah, that's a whole other can of worms there. No, it's not a can of worms. It's awesome. Like the more that you think of it and the more that you start unpacking it, it's so cool and awesome. And there's like so many little avenues you can discover. And yeah, I love it. Okay, I'm going to stop myself there because otherwise I'm going to get real geeky. Okay, so <laughs> I do want to, oh gosh, I, I want to know because you've talked about like the ways that you know, your students kind of come to come to you and just the ways that, I mean, in some ways you're kind of unbraiding some preconceived notions. And where do your students come from? Are they from all over the world at this point? I'm gonna answer in what Missy Rising at, at Ritual Woodcraft mm -hmm. would say, a deep way, a yoga way, or uh, what she's saying. Um, like a Jedi way. They mm -hmm. come from the ecosystem. Oh, for crying out loud. This is why I call him, if you've ever heard me talk about Johannes, I will refer <laughs> to him as like Yoda. He's going to go into a Yoda moment, folks. So just buckle in. It's always they worth it. They come from the ecosystem first <laughs> and foremost, and maybe along the line somewhere else, from what we today call America, England, China, Australia, blah, 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 whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but why they're coming to me is because of the ecosystem, not because of some idea about it. Yeah. That's how it works, but yes. All so right. that's, my, that's my take on that. Well, and I will say, kind of tying into that is there is, cause I remember coming to you and I was really like torn after I'd been studying with you for about six months. And I'm like, I know that I've got a little Danish in my, like, you know, in my ancestry. Cause that's another big thing for, especially those of us in America, the whole melting pot thing hasn't served a lot or the melting pot concept has not really served everyone too well. Like big picture, those of us with light colored skin, it's, you know, it helped us to, step on others who who are have different hues and we've also in that process lost big parts of ourselves and there's a big trying to figure out you know who are we and you know get back to that but for me i mean you know my husband's family swedish which means that's my you know my son as well but i was like gosh i don't know if i should be here and i and i think that your your exact words were sterling i don't give a shit and is it because it's all about the ecosystem and you trust that the people that are meant to come back to it are they're the ones that they, they ultimately find you? Uh, yes, if you, if something happens in your life, someone comes in your way, right? Mm -hmm. we, we can think about this as a coincidence. We can think about this in different ways. <laughs> but there are no such things as coincidences. In an ecosystem, there are no coincidences. It's just circulating things like that. Mm -hmm. So if they pop up at you, you have something to, to give and to receive from this person. 
Um, what would you like to give? Well, they're not Swedish and they're, 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 they're whatever it is. So I have nothing to give them because this is all for only Swedes and whatever. What kind of bullshit is that? <laughs> if you look at the person and don't keep your eyes on the teachings, the dogma, whatever it is, mm -hmm. what can I give this person? And that's how the training starts, right? So, um, yeah. So one of the things that I love that you've shared before is that, you know, kind of, it's like that idea that in re regardless of whether it's trolldom or wh whatever it is that you're investing in, when you're in the right place at the right time, you'll get the messages and the opportunities that present themselves that kind of like, you know, those unseen forces that silently tell you keep going. And I have to tell you, there have been so many fun moments with some of my own students where there was one in particular over the summer where I teach divination. And, you know, I teach people tarot, but then it's also, I teach them tarot, but also guide them towards, because you were the one that told me, I remember the first time I, I told, I met Johannes and I, I said, he's like, well, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I read tarot. He's like, oh, tarot's good. I use them when I'm lazy. I'm like, hey, now, but it's true. <laughs> I don't need them. I've gotten to a point I don't need them anymore. And so I like to teach my students of yes, use them and also get to a point that you don't need them. Try to divine with other things, try to divine with nothing. And there was, um, we end, we end this program that I have called Prophecy Posse, where I work with folks for three months and, you know, come up with something that you can give to the class, a lesson or something you develop. And one of my students who, uh, she's so cute. She says, I don't know what it is, but I am a, you know, Latin indigenous woman. But over the course of this, I was so drawn to St. Lucy. And I just don't even know, like, I, and she like had this beautiful prayer that she created to share with us. And it was just one of those things where I'm like, oh, it's just those unseen forces that are just kind of like, you know, coming in and those students are getting linked in to the ecosystem. And it was just, St. St. Lucy's kind of a big, big deal. So what, what's your favorite thing about St. Lucy? Why is she a big deal in Sweden? Or why is she a big deal for you, if you feel comfortable sharing that? Why is she a big deal for me? Uh, well, when she comes, which is December 13th, which is the old calendar solstice here, um, she comes at dawn, well, before dawn, actually, in the certain time, anyway. But what's nature like when that happens? It is very cold. It is very dark. It is the season of the Odin's hunt, which means that there are nasty things in the weather. Right? It is not pleasant to be outside in any kind of way. You have worked your ass off all summer to get your crops or you work, whatever it is. Now you're going into this as well. Right? But what she brings is, um, people say, oh, hope and all these kinds of light and all these kinds of things. But she, for me, she brings uh, a sense of mercy. Here is a space that doesn't necessarily have to do with this thing for you, if you want it. And I ask nothing in return. There's just this mercy kind of thing coming in. A grace, if you want, in this mm -hmm. dark season. Um, so I guess that. Uh, uh, something showing that there is grace and uh, we can be in its, in its space for some time and actually for as long as we want thereafter and, and sort of participate. And who That's doesn't need a little is. bit more, who doesn't need a little more grace in their lives? A little more grace, no. more mercy. I love that. No. So there are two things two last questions or two last areas that I want to talk about. And one of them, just because now it's like funny at this point. So I had been, I had written to Johannes and said, here's some general questions that I want to ask about. And I was like very distracted. I have a, um, those y'all, I refer to, to him as Lil Moon, my son. And Lil Moon was, he has a, 
if there's a way that he can do something that is potentially dangerous or he could potentially get hurt, he's going to give it a try and probably try it three times. And so he was climbing a snow mat, a very icy snow mountain at his school. And there's like this metal lamppost that's right there. And I'm I'm using my phone and emailing Johannes and half keeping an eye on my son. And one of the questions I asked him is, how did you, I want to talk about how did you come to specialize in hexes and curses? And he wrote back a clarification. I don't, I, I got pretty good at removing them. I'm like, ah, shit, one word, one word makes a really big difference. <laughs> and so, cause I think that that's, um, I, I mean, even I want to make also very clear, Johannes doesn't work with clients anymore. He is a teacher. And so don't be bugging him, asking him for to, to remove a curse or hex. There might, you know, there's other folks that you can you can find for that. But back in the day when you used to work with clients, how the heck did you figure out that was something you were good at? Probably just a lot of practice, but anyway. A need. Uh -huh. Right. So again, ecosystem provides you with something, a person who is, has some type of affliction. And they might call it a curse, or you might see there is something nasty going on around this person. <laughs> and uh, then the question arises, what are you going to put on the table here for this person? Well, if I can see it, am I going to be scared and spooked? Yeah, I can be scared and spooked, but then what? That won't help this person, right? Is there anything that I can do for this person? Well, what if I, this thing here, what if I grab it with my hand and pull it and drop it? Or if I take some, you know, old-fashioned twigs and sticks and start brushing it off like that or something like that. Then I've, I've done something because this person is suffering, right? Yeah. And it turned out, <laughs> fuck, if I did this, it came off and boom, they feel better. Wonderful, right? How you're taking it off, it's not important that you make a little effort to do so because you see that they are hurting. Yeah. That's how it came to be. And, and uh, well, it's something that people like to have removed, I suppose. <laughs> Turns out people do like to feel better, especially yeah, if exactly. maybe somebody laid something on you. Exactly. And uh, it's not too hard to remove once you, once you make an effort. And don't expect that effort to be like uh, static, but it's actually dynamic. The same way if you're dirty in your face and you, you take sprinkle a little water, it doesn't come off. No, you have to fucking do it a little bit more and see if it comes up. Once you discover that, well, that's, that's and, and rumors spread, I suppose that this is the one to go to if you have such an issue. So I did that for mm, 30 years, not just that, of course, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was curious about everything. And some people needed curses. Curse this person who is stalking my, my, my teenage daughter, whatever it is. And again, if we go out of the education and the supernatural and into some kind of basic type of living, and that person was next to you, what would you say? Nothing? Because you were told that it's bad to say nothing. Or would you give them a, a what's it called in English? A barking ass, a, you know, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. To say no, to mark, no, you don't do this. Mm -hmm. And how you're doing this, whether it's with your mouth and when they're present, or if it's through something else and that hits their subconscious or whatever story you want to make out of it, the result is what we're aiming for. Taking action and, and towards the result, that's it. And uh, if, you are, if you are sane enough and realize that you can give, say stop to this person, then if you don't, and this person only has you, and um, who are you going to be? That's yeah. the question then. And I couldn't stand not being, <laughs> not helping, because I saw that there, there is actually something that I can do. And uh, yeah. That's one so of the things that I, I mean, that's one of the things that I think is really great about you. And I think that it's something that has 
you know, it's definitely in feed. I mean, I've always, you don't spend as long as I did working in my prior field if you don't want to help me to need. But I think the thing that you really helped me to see was that, you know, I don't know, the way that we can like use this work for community, because the way that I grew up was that if you want to help people, and I'm using air quotes here, is you go, you know, you work in a, you go help survivors in a nonprofit. You do, you do kind of like these sanctioned things. And there was one of the things that really held me back for a long time of doing this work more fully was I'm not going to be helping people anymore. And one of the things that has just knocked my socks off since I, you know, is realizing I help people more now than I think I was in my, I mean, I really, I got so disillusioned with what I was doing in my, you know, my old life only because it had run its course for me. You know, there's still a lot of whatever, but holy smokes, there's so much good to be done through magical work. And I mean, really, that's the whole fucking point of this podcast is that, you know, highlighting people who are making the world better in unconventional ways. And so is there anything you'd like to share about the ways that magic or, you know, the stuff, I mean, I know that's putting another label on something that's kind of indefinable, but serving the way that we can serve our communities with this work or what you would like to encourage people to do in that vein. I would like to encourage people to, um, well, think of it like this. <clears throat> Environment, right? <clears throat> You're in a city. Uh, how does that city feel to you? It's not just the way that the buildings look and all that. It has a certain feeling to it, a city, right? And that could vary over the course of whatever, the day or, or season or whatever it is. But it has a certain feeling. Uh, what if you, what if you, what are you going to put on the table for other people here in this city? Well, you could start working with this feeling, for example, this this sense of the city. So let's say it's uh, like here, you go downtown and there's some place that uh, thugs spend uh, their time. Uh, hovering around that night, and it gets this kind of yucky kind of, uh, well, what if you could do something about that? Because many people who are drawn to magic, they want to do something with it. They don't necessarily want to read a thousand books, yeah. or uh, they want to do something. Um, and it usually starts with ourselves. So we want to help ourselves, and uh, we want to go on a journey. And help our friends but actually you can help the whole community by just changing how that place feels to you of course but if you can feel it when you walk around in it and you you're sort of someone there you show up there so not in some fantasy story uh, and it's actually changed with because of what you do then you are contributing to your community because if you can sense that Others will sense that, and that feeling acts as a support. If it feels good, if it feels like this is a place where I can actually lay down my arms and be nice for a second, and then we can fight when we go back out there. But here, we lay down our arms and we have a fika that we say in Sweden, a cup of coffee. <laughs> and then you have contributed to, this, to the environment you are in for everyone who's who's passing through this environment. So that's something you can do. <clears throat> so changing the, the support system that someone has around. Let's say they made lots of stories. They're all engulfed with how sad the world is, whatever it is. Well, how about you um, changing their environment, how it feels? They're putting out this thing. They're radiating this badness. Yeah. Well, how, how about supporting them with something that you can cook up with your magic and take some action and see what happens. So being, uh, you don't necessarily have to think about um, changing the physical or uh, helping out with a problem of any sorts. But you have to think about, well, if I can contribute, what would I love to put on the table here in this class? Maybe a sense of, of joy. That doesn't sound like much, but to someone who hasn't felt joy in a hundred, 
40 years they passed through that and they don't know why but one day it just stopped or I just felt happy and I just sat there and they give you the story of what happened you know logic tries to work with it and who cares about that because now you have done something for your community so those kinds of things uh, actually um, not trying to fix something not trying to fix a problem for society, but putting out what you love. That makes this a resource right? mm -hmm. for someone else as well. And, uh, and see what happens. And besides, it's a lot of fun to do so. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that was one of the, for some, it blew my mind the first time you, you suggested, why don't you go out and, you know, maybe you, you work something that is in a, in a public area and the whole point of it is that you help people to remember what they love or what brings them joy. And I'm like, oh, hey, hey, you're a Tolkuni, you're a witch, you're this practitioner who is supposed to be able to work the invisible world, then work the invisible world. Right? <laughs> that will unfold you much more than a thousand books and a hundred schools and whatever it is. Right? Um, that's one of the things that I now just because I, this is something that I talk with my students about. Do we tell everyone that we're doing this? Hell no. Hell no. No, why? The result, <laughs> if we get one, speaks for itself. Telling how you got through that result is your business. Exactly. If they want to learn to organize themselves in the same way or see what they can do, that's fine. Go train with someone who can see that in you and poke the dots a little bit. But why should we? Why should we tell someone? Exactly. They will just make stories. You put a spell on this thing. You, oh, and they go into supernatural and evil and all whatever story is, right? See, if you don't, if you have a fanatic, and you put them in joy, they will experience joy. The mm -hmm. second you tell them how you created this joy your way. Uh, and that smells supernatural, some sort of their story, that their joy will be gone. Yeah. Now this joy is evil and I should fight it. It's just joy. Right? It's just joy. But the story of how these stories, why should we, um, why, that's not important. The result is important. The, the needs that are out there are important to take care of, more important than <laughs> making more stories. Well, that's how I, I view it. I love it. And, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll talk with my students that we're so used to kind of like we, we do good, again, in air quotes, and we get the teacher, you know, the T-shirt and we get the picture for our social media and we get the, don the donation receipt for our taxes, at least here. But no, you do. You do good. And you tell no one. And you just you just do the good and you observe. Well, the result is that smiling person. The exactly. result is that next time you go to the mall, it feels good. It doesn't feel a hundred super stressed adults who got to do this as well now because you changed it. Yeah. And, and maybe that person looks a bit more relaxed and joyful. That's, that's the result for you to share with everyone else. Magic is so cool. It's so cool. Yeah, it's cool. It's awesome. Well, I know that for, you know, for me, I'm just getting my day started, but for you, it's like the end of the day and dinner time. So is everyone, please go buy Johannes's book or, or borrow it from a friend, get it from a library. It's called Trolldom. I can't remember what the sub, the subline or the, the tagline well, is. Well, there's it. just, there's basically just one book in English so far that's called Trolldom. So Google that. Yeah. It's real good. Is there anything else that you're working on that you want to tell folks about how they can find you? Not for not for client work. For <laughs> well, they're welcome to to contact me for client work. I would just pass that on to some of the former students who yeah. does this kind of thing now, and they'll take the dialogue. Uh, but if you want to learn this thing, if you feel that oh, this is this is what I want, uh, I teach uh, at at uh, Nordic it's that's a binder dash. mad yeah. dash well, it's not a dash like that it's like one of these hyphen magic.com uh, nordicmagic.com uh, there are live classes it's like 18 months of training mm -hmm. classes and from then on it takes off 
like into forever land for those who appreciate that <laughs> but you can come and there's also a uh, live class that starts once or twice a year next one starts in may okay i haven't put it out yet it starts in may yeah uh, otherwise you can look at the recordings there's an archive that's a little bit cheaper of, of, of previous years recordings of these things that you can jump on at any time and start taking part of it awesome highly recommended all right teach well thanks for thanks for coming and talking with me it's been so Thank good you. to see you and talk with you the same the same i'm grateful for you well, we <laughs> will you so everybody go find me. johannes and learn the learn the things with the man himself all right well thank you so right. much thank you thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the magical world let's keep in touch my website is sterlingmoontarot.com where you can book appointments for tarot readings spirit contact sessions and more find out about my classes and programs and just generally keep up with me i'm also pretty active on the socials mostly on instagram you can find me there at sterling moon tarot in the meantime i wish you well as you find your own ways to make the world a more magical place to be Thank you.